Um, tonight, uh, uh, Nero and Tim have been asked uh, to preach from their heart, their perspective. And guys, this is really important. Sometimes we can fail to grasp why there's even preaching at church. I'm the guy who asks the dumb questions. Like, why do we have communion at church? You know, why do we have contribution at church? Like, why do we sing songs at church? And why, honestly, do we have preaching at church? And the answer is because we need it. <laughs> number one, it's in the Bible. But number two, we, we actually need it. And so it's just a great learning lesson for us guys is that whenever there's a preacher preaching, they're preaching on what they see we need. <laughs> and so they're not just preaching about some pie-in-the-sky concept. And so whatever Nero and Tim are going to be talking about tonight, it's their honest-to-God, spirit-led perception as to what are we missing as a campus ministry. What are we doing well as a campus ministry? What are our strengths? What are our weaknesses? And so in other words, in every way, it absolutely applies to all of us right now. And so let's be studious disciples. Let's pull out again our notebooks, our pens, uh, and pull out our Bibles, and let's give our heart to, to the, the speaking of the Spirit as he speaks through, again, Nero and Tim, and let's be ready to make changes tonight. Amen, guys? Amen. Amen. So without any further ado, guys, let's have undivided attention uh, as we hear uh, both Nero and Tim preach. And so with that being said, I'll hand it off to you guys. Amen. Come on, guys. Amen. Um, I guess we should just take up the word of prayer. Let's do it, Lord. God, we thank you so much, God, for today, God. Um, God, I pray, Father, you know, people, God, yeah. whose opinions, God, do not matter, Father in heaven. But when you speak through us, God, um, Father in heaven, our hearts are moved, Father in heaven. God, I pray for tonight, God, that we may speak what glorifies you, God, Father in heaven. For everything we may say, God, I pray that you may give us a full portion of your spirit, God, Father in heaven. That whatever we say may be for your glory, God. Um, and I pray all this believing and in Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen! Amen! Amen. So, where's my Bible? Give to my Bible. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> anyway, so good evening, everybody. Good evening, good evening bro. Um, as you can tell, I do not even know how to start because this, I don't know if I should start like, always have a Bible talk. Anyway, um, so we're going to go around introducing yourself. I don't know that. Um, anyway, so I was listening on, to a bro. sermon preached by one of the, uh, uh, the sermon that Dylan posted on, on the WhatsApp recently um, by this guy called Joe Willis, and he was talking about the purpose of preaching. Oh, really? um, and uh, he talked about how um, the purpose of preaching is to comfort the disturbed. Um, and the other purpose is to disturb the comfortable. Yeah. Wow, bro. Wow. Um, and I'd uh, li- like to start off uh, our small preach-off today Come on, bro. Um, in the book of Matthew. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. And from this, we're going to draw the, the title of our lesson tonight. Um, and so, Matthew chapter 17. Come on to me. And we're going to be reading all the way from verse 14 to 21. Mm. <clears throat> so Matthew 17, from 14 to 21. Mom. You all there? Mm-hmm. Not quite yet. Okay. <laughs> all right. Come on. So I'm going to start five, four, three, two, one. Go for it, bro. So when they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. You unbelieving and perverse I'm turning the page. Generation to this reply. How 
how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Jesus rebuked the demon and he came out of the boy and he was healed at that moment. And then the disciples came to Jesus. How oh, does Jesus get? How does he do it, man? What is it with him? And asked him, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. The title of our lesson tonight is Faith That Moves Mountains. Oh. Um, and, and guys, uh, like the reason as to why I, I picked this passage of all passages um, is just to get a little context on what's happening. Is First of all, you know, Jesus cast out this demon. That his disciples failed. His disciples, I wonder what they tried. I don't know if, if what names they called on, you know, the name of, you know, kind of like the, the seven sons of Sceva. Yeah. And how they were calling on the, 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 the Jesus that Paul preaches. So I hope the disciples didn't do this at that point in time. But anyway, the point is they failed to cast the demon out. Um, and so they come to Jesus and find out, you know, why were we able to cast this demon out? Like, Jesus, you do it without, you know, <clears throat> without stressing. Like, you do it. Uh, you do it like someone can wake you up you know, and just cast out these demons. Um, and Jesus comes to them and tells them, it's because you guys have so little faith. Wow. Mm-hmm. And he goes on to say, <clears throat> forgive me about that. <clears throat> anyway. um, so he talks about how they have faith, that their faith was so little. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm one person that pays so much attention to detail. Um, and Jesus uses uh, a mustard seed as the example um, to exemplify the faith that they had. And so he sat down and thought, of all things, why mustard seed? And for those of you that may not know who is a pen around here, can you hear me that? I hope this is accurate. But if you just put a dot as small as this at the back of your paper, that's how small a mustard seed would look like. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so in my head I was thinking, I was like, if Jesus said these guys had faith as small as a mustard seed, you literally almost can't see this from there. Mm. And so that means that these guys, like, like Jesus says, because Jesus goes on to tell them that if you have, if you have the faith, the size of a mustard seed. You can literally tell a mountain to move from here to there. You can do the impossible. But these guys couldn't do that. Why? Because they had so little faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jesus compares the faith that they had to the faith of the size of a mustard seed. Um, and, and, and it helped me come to the conclusion that if these guys had actually had the faith the size of a mustard seed, which is what we see here, then they would have been able to cast the demon out. Mm. And I was like, wow, that their faith was even less than that moment. Mm. And that is the reason as to why they were not able to cast out the demon. The reason they were not able to do it is because um, they they didn't believe. They didn't believe they had what it takes. They didn't believe that they could do it. Mm. Um, And similarly, if you to compare to the size of a mustard seed, they basically almost had no faith at all. Mm. Mm. Um, You know, I I remember when I went back home um, in Uganda, I probably shared this at the staff, but... um, I remember when I was leaving at the airport, I could see Kevin was a little sudden in his eyes. I don't know if he thought I was not going to come back or something. Um, and so I was leaving, and Kevin tells me, Tim, just go to Uganda and preach the word. And so in my head, I was wondering, I was like, am I going to walk around the streets of Kampala calling people, inviting people to what? To Bible talk? There's no Bible talk. And I was like, God, what am I going to do? Um, and so I get home, and there was one of my friends um, that, that, that I sat with in high school. Her name was Dorothy. And so we're talking. I was like, yo, by the way, man, this church I'm a part of in Canada we should like, you know, sit down sometime and, you know, do a Bible. So she's like, yeah, for sure. And so we meet up somewhere, you know, the whole kick it thing. So I go there, buy lunch, you know, I buy lunch, you know, we talk, we mm. chat, we laugh. 
And I'm like, okay, it's time for business now. <laughs> and so um, we sent it the Bible, and long story short, she gets baptized at the end of summer. Hey! But like, I remember literally, I had almost no faith doing that. Mm-hmm. I guarantee, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna pretend in front of you guys. I had almost no faith going into Uganda. I literally did it because Kevin told me to do it. <laughs> and in my head, I was like, you know what? God will bless it. If God loves it, He, he will bless him. Mm-hmm. My decision to actually preach a word. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, and I, was, I was looking up, um, you know, different quotes on, on, online, and I came across this quote. Um, and this one guy said that faith consists in believing when it is beyond the power of reason to believe. Mm. And so literally every single time you surpass what the mind can think of. Because some people sit down and they're like, man, you know, this seems impossible. I'm one of those people. I sit down and pay attention to the, to the things that don't even matter. I'm like, God... God is saying, you know, God says, you know, two plus three is ten. But in my I'm like, God, no, two plus three is five, God. That does not add up, God. There's, there's a five missing. You're supposed to add the five, God. And God is like, ten, it's ten. I'm like, no, God, it's five. And I keep arguing. And, and that's how most of us are. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, in, in our mind, we can't comprehend some of the things that God can do. Um, but, but God can do that. Amen. And, and I feel like sometimes we actually underestimate the power of a local faith. Because this is in our Bible, it's the book of Hebrews. Come on, Hebrews chapter 11. This is great, bro. Hebrews chapter 11. Come on, Sam. Hebrews 11, um, verse 6. Um, Hebrews chapter 11, and verse 6. And so it reads, And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists, and that He rewards those who earnestly seek him. Amen. And so here, you know, I remember the first time we read this was in, uh, this was actually one of the memory scriptures for the second principles class. And basically, when you sit down to memorize scriptures, if something you're going to memorize, I sit down and so I was writing it out a number of times until one time I was writing it out. I was like, this scripture is actually really deep. Mm. Um, and basically it talks about how, you know, without faith, we have no shot at pleasing God. Mm. And I guess sometimes in our mind as disciples, you know, we love God so much. We're like, God, what can I do to please you, God? Should I share my faith with 10,000 people? You know, should I, you know, get into Bible study after Bible study after Bible study after Bible study? Um, and, and, and it hit me that the difference between pleasing God and not pleasing God is faith. Wow. That literally, if, if you walk into a Bible study um, to sit down with someone and study the, the, the Bible with someone, and you have no faith, God is displeased with you. Mm. Um, and, and I guess sometimes we underestimate how, how much power a lack of faith can have. That literally you do one thing with faith and go and do the same exact thing without faith, mm. and God will bless one and not bless the other. Come on, bro. Mm. That literally you will, you will get out of this house and go stand on the street and share with the first person that you see believing that God will bless that and God will bless it. Come on, bro. On the other hand, you can just go outside and just do it because you have to do it and God will choose not to bless it. Wow. Um, and so family, I just want to ask each and every one of you, is God pleased with you tonight? Wow. Is God pleased with, with the thoughts that you have? Is He pleased with the dreams, with the plans? Wow. Um, if, if God looks into your heart, is He pleased by what He sees or is He saddened? By the lack of faith that you have. Wow. Um, and Question. you know the funny thing is, a, a, a lack of faith contradicts everything we do as disciples. <laughs> um, if, if you pray um, to someone that you don't think exists, you're literally wasting time. Mm-hmm. Like, like imagine you got up every single morning and you have like you don't, you don't even believe. I want you guys to put this into perspective. This is literally what a lack of faith means: is you don't believe God exists. Because the, the, the verse here says that if you come to God, you must believe that He exists. So if you come to God without faith, 
You literally go on to your knees to pray to someone you don't think exists. <laughs> <laughs> so you're wasting your time. You literally sit down, you read your Bible, um, and you pray to someone that you, you don't even think exists. So you're literally wasting two hours of your day praying oh, wow. to someone you don't even think wow. is going to bless what you're doing. Mm. Um, and uh, if you, you know, in, in, in the same verse, it goes on to say that, um, you know, wh- whoever comes to God must believe and, and not sure. You know, because I, I guess sometimes, uh, you know, even for me as an individual, I underestimate it. I'm like, you know what? It's just a lack of faith. You know, everyone struggles with it. But the truth is, honestly, um, I remember sometime <clears throat> with the with the Catalyst Bible talk, Kevin was talking about this one friend of his who who was praying sometime in LA, and that thing has like never left my mind. Um, and he was praying, and he was the one thing he prayed about was, you know, I'm like, God, I just pray that that this year, I know if it was this year or this month, that we could double. Um, and what he said after that was, it, it was so profound for me. It was like, God, I know this is, this is so little faith to ask for us to double. But God, I just pray that you grant that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess for us sometimes, I know for me individually, when, when um, you know, if, if, even if it's Kevin or it's like John Cozy, and like you're watching these different preachers, you know, talking about doubling, I'm like, is that actually possible? Mm-hmm. And in my head, I sit down and I'm like, what would that look like? Mm-hmm. And to this guy who was praying, like, like that hit me so hard. I was like, to him, he sees that as little faith. Like, he understands mm-hmm. that that faith is less than the size of a mustard seed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and God says that if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, then you can do the impossible. Um, and so it hit me so hard because, like, literally, if, if you believe that God can do something, he will do it. Amen. Mm-hmm. To put it simply, guys, if, you, if, you, if, if something um, is within your reach, then you don't require faith to do it. Mm. Um, if, if doubling was within our reach, if tripling this year was within our reach, then we wouldn't require faith to do it. If literally going out, if you wake up every morning to do something that you don't require faith to do, then you're literally not growing your faith. It's like honestly going to the gym and working out. Every single day you go to the gym um, and lift a five-pounder you know, dumbbell. And like you go and like at the end of the year, you look at yourself in your mirror, you're like, man, I, I look no different. <laughs> and yet, every single day you get up and go to the gym you, to lift a five pound. Come on, the ticket can relate. <laughs> um, and like, the thing is, faith not is fine. like a muscle that if you do not, if you do not work out, it will never grow. Come on, bro. And so I believe that as disciples, we should focus on things greater than us. I believe that as a campus ministry, we should honestly get into our knees and start praying to God for impossible things, things that we don't even think would happen. But Amen. we should be the campus ministers crazy enough to believe that God can do the impossible. Oh, Amen? Amen. You know, elsewhere in the Bible it says that faith is the confidence in what we hope for. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen people that have faith. There's certain people that can talk. I remember during the, uh, the Jubilee that we had uh, during summer, one of, I think it was the leader of the, the, the church in Dubai, um, and they had this, this whole campaign of the, the road to 200. Oh, yeah. um, where I think they went from like, I think it was it 100 to 200 in one year. And this one guy was speaking so confidently. I was like, man, how does this guy do it? But the truth is, when you have faith in God, when you believe that God can do the impossible, like people that have no faith will look at you and be like, man, this guy, there's something about this guy. Mm. And yes, it's just the faith. It's just the confidence in the God that you serve. The same God that everyone else is serving. The only difference is that you believe that God will do what you say, what, what He says. Come on, bro. He will do. Amen. 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 Come on, bro. Um, uh, and guys, I have two points for us tonight. Come on, bro. Um, uh, cause, cause, sometimes I feel like, you know, we, we think of faith and, and what does it mean to have faith? What does it mean not to have faith? Um, and I have two simple points. So the first point is faith in the word. Boom. And the second point is obedience before understanding. Come on, bro. 
So let's turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 8. Oh, bro. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. Matthew chapter 8. Get it, get it. Um, and we're going to be reading from verses 5 to 10. Matthew chapter 8. Come on, 10. Verse 5 to 10. And so here what we're going to see is we're going to see a story of this one man. I don't even know how this word is pronounced. I don't know if it's pronounced centurion or whatever. Um, and so verse 5. I'll start. So when Jesus had entered Capernaum, Asu, how do you say this again? That's good, you're the preacher. <laughs> okay. Asu Jerry came to him asking for, for help. Come on, bro. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Yeah. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? How kind of Jesus. The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. But just say the word. Wow. And my servant will be healed. Wow. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. And that one, come, and he comes. I said to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Mm. And so there's this, this one dude who, who just has a sick servant. Now to some of us that may not be a big deal, but this guy probably valued this servant that he had in order to go to Jesus, to ask Jesus to heal this guy. And Jesus was so awesome because Jesus asked this guy, should I come over to your house? Like, should I come over to your house and heal the guy for you? But like, even I, like when I read this guy's response, I was like, this guy actually had so much faith. Because mm. he told Jesus, you know what, Jesus, you do not need to come to my house. I'm, who am I to have the son of God? Mm. Leave whatever he's doing to come to me and get something that I need done, done. Mm. And he tells Jesus that all you have to do is say the word. Mm. Like, just say the word and my servant will be healed. Like, all you have to say is be healed. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter how you say it. It doesn't matter if you're in bed when you say it. All he knew is that Jesus, all Jesus had to do was say the word. And his servant would get healed. Amen? Wow. Yeah. Amen. That is deep. And, and Jesus' response, you know, Jesus, Jesus hears this and Jesus was amazed. By the amount of faith that this gentleman had. You know, because we all wonder, um, as I said earlier, on how we can amaze Jesus. Um, and Jesus here gives us the answer. Is that if you simply want to amaze Jesus, it's not by the traditions. Um, it's not by even just having quiet times. It's not by, by, by going outside and sharing your faith. It's by the amount of faith. It's by how much you believe that Jesus will bless what it is that you're doing. Amen? Amen. You know, I was humbled um, two months ago. I'm going to share a little story um, with the experience with Gifted and I. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, I love Gifted so much. Come on, Gifted. God has, has, has told me a lot throughout this helping relationship. First about him, but most about me. Mm. Um, you know, and I guess the very first time I was going to disciple him, I was like, man, I'm going to get to, you know, change the world. I'm going to make this guy a machine. Um, and I sit down with Gifted and Gifted and I, um, so on a normal day, I'm more of a rational person. If you know what lines to pull, what strings to pull, you'll get the emotional side of me. But it takes a while to get to that side. Um, gifted, on the other hand, is more emotional than, than rational. Um, and so, not that he's not rational, but like he makes, um, he's more emotional. Come on, bro. <laughs> um, so I was sitting with Gifted, um, and, and I was talking to him. And, and I guess this is one lesson God was trying to teach me, is because um, in the world, I believe my, word, my, my words in, in and of themselves could change situations. Um, and so we sit down with gifted, and you know, I'm talking to him, so I'm like, you're gifted, right? you, know, you don't have to do this, or do this like that, and do this like this. Um, and suddenly my words didn't help. Mm-hmm. And I remember about, uh, I don't know if it was, I think it was the same Monday, 
um, my friend Mark, who was baptized in Uganda, um, he sends me a message and he's like, Tim, you know what? I don't think I can do this anymore. Like, I'm done with this. Like, like this is hard. This is not what I expected. And so in my heart, I'm like, God, I have no idea what lesson you're trying to teach me. But I sat down and I remembered, because a certain part of me was like, you know what, Tim, call up Mark. Call up Mark and talk to him. But a certain part of me was like, Tim, your words fail to change Gifted's heart. What guarantee do you have that your words are going to change Mark's heart? Mm. Yeah. And so I get onto my knees, I'm like, God, you know what, that didn't work last night. I mean, it didn't work last time. I'm going to try something different. Because, you know, according to one of, uh, I don't know if you guys know Albert Einstein, he has a saying that insanity is doing the same thing over and over again mm-hmm. and expecting different results. And so literally, if, if you tried one approach today and it doesn't work, and you try it again tomorrow, you're insane if you expect different results. Come on, bro. Um, so I get onto my knees and I pray to God. I'm like, God, you know what? In my own capability, I don't have what it takes to change Mark's heart. Yeah. Why? Because he's all the way across the world. He's, he's thousands of miles. And there's nothing that I can say that's going to change his mind. And I prayed to God. I was like, God, my heart, I'm literally fighting all my instinct. Because I want to call him right now. I'm trying to convince him to stay faithful. Because it's worth it. It's worth the fight. But I knew that didn't work the first time. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to try something new. Um, and, and that was all I did. <laughs> After praying, I tried calling Mark. Mark didn't pick up. I'm like, well, here goes that. Um, and I let that go. Like, I just prayed to God, and I just let that go because I knew God could, you know, change the situation. Um, and I remember it wasn't that same exact day. It was on Monday. So Mark calls me, so we talk. And uh, after talking, he was telling me, so apparently he was planning to meet up with this girl. Um, and all of a sudden, he calls this girl. You know, they, they get to the meetup point, And this girl was, had gone a completely different direction. And I laughed because, um, like, like in his head was like, man, I do not know what happened. Like things just weren't adding up. And I laughed because, like, in my head I was like, God made things work. <laughs> I trusted God not to let him go, or not, not not to let him, you know, follow or make a stupid decision. Mm. And God actually let it. Wow. Happen. Wow. Um, and so I just want to ask each and every one of you, um, is God's word enough for you? Come on, bro. Um, kind of like wow. this Cicerian, um, I hope that's how the word's pronounced. Is this guy believed that, that all Jesus had to do was say one word um, and his servant could get healed? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know sometimes, you know, we sit in Bible studies. I know I struggle with this sometimes. And, and sometimes we start, we're studying the Bible with people, you know, to help them come to God. Um, and in our minds, we're like, man, God, will this guy actually make it? Yeah. Would this girl actually make it? Will my sister ever become a disciple? Will my brother mm. ever become a disciple? That's I know real, these are questions bro. I ask real. God. Mm. Um, and even for our parents sometimes, I know I sit down and ask God, I'm like, God, how will my mom ever become a disciple? Like every time I try to talk about God, she's like, you know, I pray, I fast, and, and that's all it takes. But all that it takes is, is the faith to believe that Jesus actually has what it takes to get it done. Because guys, at the end of the day, um, it's, it's not our words that brought us into the kingdom. It's not the people that we studied the Bible with. It wasn't Kevin's words that brought me into the kingdom of God. Yeah. It was the word of God. Amen. Come on, bro. Amen. 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 Come on, bro. Um, and the truth is, guys, if we're to keep it real, you know, sometimes it's tough to trust God's plan. Yes. Um, it's not like every time I open the Bible, um, I read things and, and I agree with them. There's so many times I read certain passages and I'm like, God, I actually don't know if this is possible. I don't think I have this amount of faith. I don't think I have the amount of faith that it takes to do what you want me to do. Which brings me to my second point. Um, obedience before understanding. Come on, bro. Mm-hmm. Come on, bro. Um, so guys, let's run the Bible to Luke chapter 5. This is great. Come on, Tim. This is deep, bro. Luke chapter 5. Um, Luke chapter 5. We're going to be reading from verses 1 to 5. <clears throat> Come on, bro. And so you read. So one day as Jesus was standing by the lake... Of Gennesaret doing his thing. 
The people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water edges two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats and the one that belonged to Simon and asked him to put out a little to the shore, from the shore. I mean. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Verse 4. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. Let's, 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 let's pause it here. And so Jesus is walking around doing his thing, you know, preaching the word of God as he always did. Um, and, and, and people were following him, and he decided, you know what, I'm going to get into one of the boats. I'm probably guessing, like Kevin explained last time, probably guessing he was trying to get an aerial view of everyone. Because, you know, if he gets into the boat, which is on the water, the people are not going to get into the water. Otherwise, they're going to have to start swimming while they're listening to Jesus, which does not make sense. Anyway, um, and so he gets into the boat, um, and so uh, Simon um, and these guys who had been trying to fish all night are somewhere frustrated, you know, washing their nets from a failed night, you know, a night gone by. You know, they tried to fish all night, but it, don't, it did not work out um, in, in brief. Um, and so Jesus gets into one of the boats, and I'm, I'm probably, you know, because they sat down and tried to picture what Simon thought. You know, sitting down, like, you're, you're frustrated from, from a night of, of, of fruitlessness. And then you see this bold dude get into your boat. <laughs> this bold dude preaching the word of God. So Simon probably sees Jesus get into the boat. Um, and he's seeing Jesus, you know, get into his boat. And uh, he's probably wondering to himself, you know, who, who this guy is. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was frustrated from, from the lack of catch from the night before. Um, but Simon probably had Jesus preach. Um, and so I'm guessing in his mind, he knew, you know, this, this is the man of God. Mm-hmm. Um, he probably at this point had no idea that Jesus was the son of God himself. Um, and Jesus comes and tells Simon, um, let, let, let's put the boat out um, off the shore um, for a catch, and let's see, you know, let, let's, let's see what would happen. Um, and Simon, um, at this point in time, I'm probably guessing if you were Simon, if I was Simon, I'd, I'd probably try to debate Jesus. You know, give him reasons as to why there's no reason we're going to catch fish. You know, first of all, Jesus, I was up all night. But as you can see, it was fruitless. <laughs> Second of all, the sun is out. So uh, during this time of the day, there's probably no fish to catch. Um, but, but Simon um, submitted to what Jesus actually told him to do. And he told Jesus, because you said so, I will do it. Now, Simon probably did it only because Jesus told him so. And only because he believed that Jesus was a man of God. And probably, if Jesus had told him to do it, then probably there was a chance that he could catch fish. Mm -hmm. Um, And guys, you know, it it got me thinking that that when God tells us to do something, you know, do we sit down and question God's understanding? God's logic, you know, God's plan, his purpose. Or do we obey out of reference, mm. uh, out of reference, um, even when we see no sense behind what God is telling us to do? Come on, bro. Um, knowing that all things work for the good of those that love the Lord. Um, and you know, uh, it, 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 it's so amazing because um, in verse six, actually, let, let's keep on reading. Come on. So we're read from verse six to verse eleven. Come on, bro. Um, so verse six says, "So when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break." So they signaled the other partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled the boats so full that they began to sink. Verse 8. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at his knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he, were, he and all his companions were astonished at the cache of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. 
from now on you will fish for people mm. so he pulled so they pulled their nets i mean they, so they pulled their boats up to the shore left everything and followed him so here we see that after doing what jesus told him to do they caught so much fish <laughs> that literally their boats started to sink sometimes i sit down and try to imagine this that literally um the boats start going underwater like it doesn't make sense to me but they probably weren't expecting to catch as much as they caught Come on, bro. um like and, and, and I guess for me what shows that is the fact that they, they broke one boat alone. You know, they did it just because Jesus told them to do it. Um, and, and, and it helps me, like it made me sit down and think about, you know, the number of times um, I, I question even, even some, some of the, 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 the campaigns that we do. Um, you know, when, when, when we come up with a new campaign, let's, for example, Instagram campaign. Um, and, and I start questioning, I'm like, God, will this actually work? <laughs> you know, like what are the chances? Because honestly, for me, um, in, in summer, when, when COVID had just started, you know, we did a bunch of Instagram things, you know, where I, I used to post things on my statuses. And the truth is, it wasn't that fruitful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in my head, I'm like, guys, we tried this before. It did not work. It is not going to work again. We're wasting time. Let's find another plan. This plan is not going to work. Let's find something new. Um, but in my heart, I'm like, you know what, God, if this is what you put on the, the hearts and minds of our leaders, I'm going to do it. And so, guys, I just want to ask you, you know, how's your Instagram evangelism going? Oh, bro. Um, like, do you, do you have to be reminded time and time and again? Um, or do you, do, are you going to obey? Uh, is Jesus telling you to do it enough for you? Come on. Um, you know, uh, Proverbs 20, verse 4, says that uh, the sluggard does not plow in the time of autumn, um, and he will seek at harvest and find nothing. And so, similarly, there is a plow. There's a time to plow, and then there's a time to harvest. Um, and so if you're not plowing or if you're not, um, if you're not sowing in a time for sowing, um, a time for harvesting is going to come. And you will be looking around and wondering, God, why am I not bringing in wow. this? Mm. It's because during the time of plowing, you were too busy doing something else. And just to conclude, guys, like oh. this blew my mind. Because um, I was wondering, like, how did Jesus do it? Like, were the fish... Um, Sit there listening to Jesus preach the word of God as well. Because literally Jesus just told them, you know, just push out a little bit off the shore. And, and you know, let's get the fish in. Like, um, and, and, let's, and, let's, and let's, let's see what will happen. Um, and these guys go just a little bit off the shore. And they're able to get way more fish than they ever imagined. Um, and the thing is, God's ways are not our ways. You know, sometimes what God wants us to do doesn't make sense. Um, but even when it doesn't make sense, um, God's understanding is higher than our understanding. And lastly, guys, um, I just want to challenge each and every one of you. Don't waste your life questioning God's plan. Um, wow. Uh, if God tells you to Dang. do something, just do it. Follow, follow through with it. Because the truth is, um, <laughs> YOLO, you only live once. Mm. Um, and a life without faith sucks. <laughs> it is boring, honestly. It is the worst. <laughs> because honestly, like you, you, you live a life of, of self-denial. You literally do everything else that a person with faith does. Um, and the only difference is the person with faith um, achieves. They grow. They learn new things. Mm-hmm. And you stagnate. And like you end up growing bitter towards God. Um, so I challenge you guys to start thinking, to start dreaming, start planning for things greater than you. Because honestly, if it doesn't require faith, then it's not growing your faith. Mm. Um, so that's all I have. Um, I hope um, with those few words, um, uh, the word of God was able to inspire you guys to, to, to push your faith higher. And at this point, I'm going to hand over to my brother Nero too. Thank you, Tim. Come on, bro. Wonderful. Awesome, guys. Are we still alive? Are we still awake? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. On, Let's turn our Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 4.
Preach it, bro. So the third point I want to share, uh, just coming up from uh, uh, Tim's uh, lesson here, uh, it's called uh, my my third point is faith through friendships. Come on, bro. bro. So Ecclesiastes. So we are going to look at why friendships are very important mm-hmm. when it comes to building up our own faith. Come on, bro. So in Ecclesiastes, we're gonna. Um, Look at what the wisest man on earth has to say about friendships here. Come on, bro. So, mm. I'm still looking for Ecclesiastes. Come on, Dave. Come on, Nero. Come on, bro. Come on, Nero. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Yeah. Starting in verse 9. Come on, bro. It says, Two are better than one, because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them out. Mm. So we see here in this book that we all know that this is written by King Solomon, uh, who is known to be the wisest man on earth. In Ecclesiastes 4, Solomon includes having friendships in the book because to him, having one another is very important. Why? Well, in verse 9, it says that two are better than one. Because they have good return in labor, mm. meaning that two can accomplish more than each one individually. Mm. In verse 10, it says that having a partner or friend is very important because when one falls down, that friend can help the fallen person get back up. Mm-hmm. So it is similar for us when we stumble in our own sin or, or, or when we are about to lose faith. Yeah. When we sin, there are friends who helps us encourage us or even calls us out am i right tk <laughs> when we are losing our faith there are friends who are there to help us uh, who encourage us or even call us out am i right tk <laughs> in the kingdom we have friends who are there to help each other and to encourage one another Amen. so i remember there's this one time um <clears throat> while i was working back at valley village i was a very young disciple then Mm. Um, so most of the time I would usually work on Sunday so I would miss out the very most important uh, part in a church service which is the sermon mm. uh, I would leave, leave halfway because I, I, I wanted, go, I wanted to go to work and make it work um, and I remember this one time um, Kevin um, he, we had the time uh, he would always bring it up all the time like hey bro why do you always go to work on Sundays, why do you leave early? You're missing out the best part. And I was like, well, it's because it's work. Like, you know, I'm a, I'm a young disciple. I, I want to get money. I want to make money because I'm broke, right? <laughs> um, I remember that. And oh, no. literally what he did, to, he, basically what uh, he did was he called me out. He literally told me that, bro, bring, bring out your laptop right now. And I want you to write your resignation letter. And I was like, this guy is just kidding. <laughs> He's just joking around. Um, but he was still waiting for me. He was staring at me. Like, okay. And I was like, are you serious? And he was like, yeah, you know, how about we do it next week? So I was like, wait, he's actually serious. Like, he's looking forward for the, the resignation letter on hand next week. So I was just like blown away by that the fact that he actually called me out because he wanted me uh, to focus on seeking the kingdom first and that's what something i appreciate you bro thank you so much but having friendships is very important in our lives because it helps us to be accountable of each other and it helps us in building each other up 
in our faith with God. And that's something I really appreciate about Kevin is that after that, that's when my like faith like just went up high and I was just like, okay, this is actually a serious thing to be a part of this awesome family, this awesome church mm-hmm. where um, there's authentic friendships where they, they're not afraid to call you out. They're not afraid to um, smack you in the head, uh, but they're, they're there to help you out. So I'm thankful for this. Uh, so yeah, awesome. And so my question to you guys is this. Do you have the faith that helps your brothers and sisters? Does your faith build each other up? Or does it cause a brother or sister to stumble? Come on, bro. See, when it comes to having friends, it is also very important to choose who your friends are. That's real, bro. Why? I mean, let's start our Bibles to 1 Corinthians. Come on, bro. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're going to let the Bible tell us why it's very important to choose your friends. Amen. Come on, bro. Preach. Come on, bro. That was great, bro. Come on, Nero. Just get it. Come on, bro. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting in verse 33. It says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. So we see here that Paul is warning the Corinthians to not to not associate themselves with bad company. Mm. During this time, Corinth is a place in Greece where most people worship pagan gods and practice pagan traditions that is uh, in conflict with our Christian traditions. Right? Paul warns them because he knows that if they associate themselves to these pagan people or non-Christians, their character will be corrupted. Mm-hmm. The word corrupt in the Bible means phytero, phytero, which means to destroy. Hey. Oh, to corrupt someone is to literally destroy someone. Mm. To corrupt one's character is to destroy one's character. Wow. Wow. Imagine having to build a glorious sand castle on the beach only to be destroyed and swept away by the wind or by the waves. Sucks, right? Yeah. <laughs> Associating with bad people can, de- can destroy all that you have worked hard for, mm-hmm. your character, and it can also destroy your faith. Wow. The faith you started building up, the character that you started molding when you were a disciple will result to nothing if you associate with bad company. Come on, bro. In James 4, chapter uh, chapter 4, verse 4, you don't have to turn there. It says mm. that if anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Wow, bro. And so my question to you guys is this. Do you have more friends in the world or do you have more friends in the kingdom? Come on, Ooh. bro. Wow. Are you a friend of the world? And an enemy of God? Mm. Or are you a friend of God and an enemy of the world? Come on, bro. Wow. So how can you build up faith and friendships at the same time? Mm. Is it even possible? We're going to let the Bible say that to us. So let's turn our Bible to see Hebrews 10. Come on, bro. Hebrews 10. This is great, bro. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. Just so you guys know, I'm preaching... 
the Bible. Come on, bro. <laughs> this is not from me. This is not from me. Come on, Nero. This is from the Bible. We need it, bro. We need that reminder. Okay. Come on, Nero. Believe it or not. We're with you. <laughs> so, Hebrews 10. Come on, Nero. Starting in verse 24, it says, And let us consider how we may spur one another untoward love and good deeds. Not giving up meaning together, as some are in the habit of doing. Um, you gotta get open, guys. <laughs> but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So the answer to the question, it is a resounding yes. We can build up our faith and friendship together at the same time. During this time, the Christians were facing a lot of persecution. The Hebrew writer included this in his letter because he wanted everything to encourage everyone, sorry, to encourage and spur one another despite the persecution that is happening. The word encourage here means parakaleo, which means to strengthen or comfort. When we encourage each other, we strengthen each other and we comfort each other towards love and good deeds. Wow, that's great, actually. And so my challenge to you guys is this. There's a challenge that I, I made up here. It's called Show a Friend Challenge. Ooh, come on, yeah. And so this challenge means is that you be a friend to everybody every single day. Amen. Okay. What it means is that you send a very encouraging scripture every single day so that they can be encouraged. So for the sisters, send each other one scripture or even more every single day. And for the brothers, send each other scriptures to encourage the, your brothers every single day. Because that is a command that God has made for us. Amen? Amen. And so I want to encourage also for all of us to go on kingdom dates. Oh, come on, come on, bro. Hang out with the disciples more often. Yeah. And to yeah. fellowship with each other. Amen. Let us not stop encouraging each other daily until we see the day approaching. Are you still with me, guys? Amen. 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 So my fourth point and last point come on, I want to share with you guys is this. Faith with love. Amen. The word love one another appears 11 times in the bible it was mentioned four times by jesus love each other appears four times in the bible it was mentioned twice by jesus we know for sure that jesus sees love as an important thing in our christian walk because he commanded it and because he even went on the cross for all of us right amen So we're going to see why love and faith goes hand in hand. So let's turn our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It's great. Come on, Nero. Come on, bro. Come on, Katula. What? Amen. Alright, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, starting in verse 1, it says, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, 
I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. <laughs> I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge. And even if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Mm. See here that Paul talks to the Corinthians the importance of having love in one's Christian life. We assume that Paul talks to them about love because they did not know how to love. (laughs) So we'll break it down in the scripture here. First, he shows that to us, he shows to us that love is superior above all things. In verse 1, it says that if I speak in the tongues of men of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Mm. See, having knowledge without love is pointless. Mm-hmm. Verse 2, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, I am nothing. So talent without love is nothing. And even if I have the faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. See, faith without love is nothing. Wow. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. See, sacrificing without love is nothing. Wow. Whether you have the knowledge... The talent, the faith, the sacrifice, everything that you have, but you do not have love, you are nothing. Wow. <laughs> so how do we know and learn how to love them? Mm-hmm. How, do we learn, how do we learn how to love each other? Tell us. With faith. Come on, bro. So it's in the next scriptures right here in verse 4, it says, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge... It will pass away. Amen? Amen. So Paul lays it out here. God's definition of love. Mm. See, last Sunday, I remember Isaiah was preaching on salvation. Come on. Mm. And he reminded me of this because, of course, we... I have a short-term memory. Mm. And what he mentioned here is that (laughs) disciples, most of the time, have short-term memory. Come on, bro. See, sometimes as disciples, we tend to forget God's criteria of love. Mm. So one way to know if we're actually going after God's love is this. Let's replace the word love with our names. For example, Nero is patient. Nero is kind. Nero does not envy. Nero does not boast. Nero is not proud. Amen. Trying to be humble here. Nero does not dishonor others. Nero 
not self-seeking, Nero is not easily angered. Come on, let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. Come on. Nero keeps no record of wrong. Come on. I know most of the time I do that, right, TK? No. Nero does not delight in evil, but Nero rejoices with the truth. Nero protects. Nero trusts. Nero hopes. Nero perseveres. Nero never fails. Come on, Nero. And so I wanna like for you guys to think about it. Put, replace the word love with your name, and see if what you're doing, what what is said here, that you guys are actually doing it. Amen. Amen. Come on. Well, bro, I do not have faith to love other people. Well, bro, I still don't know how to love other people. Well, if we do not know how the answer, or we don't know how to love other people. Who do we ask? Pretty simple. We gotta ask our Father in heaven. Amen. So let's turn our Bibles to First John. Come on, bro. First John. Come on, bro. This is great. This is a Bible study. Take us there, bro. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Starting the Bible. Yeah, yeah. Come on, bro. First John, chapter five. Come on, bro. Starting in verse 14. Come on, Nero. It says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Wow. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of Him. Wow. So John here tells us that when we pray to God, and if it is according to His will, then God will hear us. And we all know for a fact that God wants us to love each other and He wants us to have faith towards Him because that is according to His will. Mm. Jesus even prayed about it too. Jesus commanded to. It was even preached by Paul in Corinthians. And we all know that what was preached by Paul came from God because it, it is included in the Bible. Amen. The word of God. Amen? Amen. So I want to ask you guys this question. When you pray to God, do you pray to Him to have more faith in Him? Do you pray to God to help you love other people? Amen. Do you pray to God that you become a friend to everybody? Mm. And that is something I want you guys to ponder on. Do you guys pray to God about these things? Amen. Amen. And so I want to challenge to you, I want to challenge you guys. This, to pray to God every day to have more faith in Him and to pray that you strive to love one another according to God's definition of love. Mm -hmm. If I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. Mm -hmm. Let us all strive to be disciples, to build friendships in the kingdom, to learn how to love another so that we can have the faith that God wants us to have. I love you guys so much, and to God be all the glory. Amen. Amen.